All right, I think we'll go ahead and get started. I'll keep my eye on if any others come in. Um, thank you everyone for joining us for October meeting. Uh, we had a special meeting a couple weeks ago, so it seems like a short turnaround. Um, oh, I see Gary, who's had a nice break from us, I'm sure, but good to have you back, Gary. Um, I'll probably be leaving most of tonight's discussion, but I guess, Boris uh, and Rebecca, did you have anything on the front end of um, discussion around outreach that you wanted to add or I was thinking about? Oops, sorry, I was muted. Um, no, I think we're in a good place. We're going to, um, we, we have the public meetings scheduled, uh, see, the 1st of November and I believe the 5th. No, I, I should bring I should bring that up before I say the wrong dates, but I think the 1st and the 5th, is that right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think the focus will be on the service scenarios that we talked about on our last call. So um, if anybody ha has like over the past week or two had a chance to, you know, process any of that and have and they have anything they want to share with us tonight, then please, please do. Otherwise, um, Adam, I think you, it's pretty much your show tonight. Okay. Yeah, Gary, go ahead and jump in. Yeah, I'm awfully sorry I missed the, the 12th meeting, the October 12th meeting. I was traveling and had no access but I did I was able to view the entire video when I got back it was a good meeting and understood it pretty well I had a couple of questions um, first of all it was a little challenging to understand the difference between uh, the microtransit schemes in in scenarios one and two I understood in scenario one there were zones that encouraged you to to use um, microtransit within a zone and a fixed route outside the zone. I understood that concept, but I never did fully understand scenario two and how it worked and whether rates were gonna vary with distance of trips and that kind of thing. So I'm curious, again, perhaps you could briefly explain, explain, explain. Yeah. That. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, it's in scenario two, we are proposing one zone for the entire city of Lawrence, uh, and then there's a sort of an overlay that focuses on the university. But as far as most uh, riders in the city, they would have access. There would be no restrictions on where they could go um, without having to transfer. But there would be a distance-based pricing scheme. So um, in both cases. The, the, the whole idea is to reduce the length of the average length of trips because that way you can flexibility of a of a varying rate um, door to door possibility and and also actually I I think you almost could combine the two in into a system that allowed someone to take a a low fare a low fare trip on microtransit to the fixed rate stop and then at the other end as well but also take a a long trip across the city at a higher rate. So I, I'd love to see those kind of combined together. <clears throat> the other yeah. thing, Boris, that, that I wanted to say, and, and Adam mentioned this during the meeting that I wasn't there and I would probably have something to say, and I do, and that's scenario run, <clears throat> scenario one, route three. <clears throat> it calls for, uh, it's basically a, as you know, a downtown to hub connector but scenario one runs through, um, uses Crestline to go through Sunset Hill Neighborhood Association, Sunset Hill Neighborhood. And Crestline is a problematic street. It's the two worst streets in our neighborhood are Ninth and Crestline with Crestline having very special problems that 
need to be addressed before we put a bus on that on that street in any deeper. So that's something I have will have great difficulty selling to the neighborhood would be a, a bus that ran the full length of Crestline from Ninth to, to build Bob Buildings. Okay. Okay. And Thank that's you. all I had. Thank you. Gary, Gary, let me ask you on that. Um, and I think this is a question that I don't know if it's completely fair right now, but we'll see. We'll see what you think. Um, part of um, when I have discussions about people and uh, who are concerned about buses through neighborhoods, and in some cases, at least, it's about um, noise, which will be one of the things we're able to address as we transition to an electric fleet. Do you have any sense? Um, I mean, I know you can't speak for everybody through the neighborhood, but is that one of the primary concerns on, on Crestline? I know it sounds like there's some street quality issues that we would have to be thinking about as well, but um, I just didn't know um, in our efforts to electrify the fleet as we have a quieter and quieter system. I know that some people tend to ask us, can you, if a bus is gonna come through here, can it be a small one? And in a lot of cases, I think that's uh, a reflection of people's desire for it to be quieter. So I don't know if you had any sense of that in the discussion at Sunset Hills. I certainly think it would help if we could reassure people that we are moving to electric and the noise would be less of an issue in the future. I, I think it would help. But I think the main concern for, for, the, for the neighbors is some physical features on Crestline that make it challenging. First of all, it's it is extremely difficult at the intersection of Harvard and Crestline at uh, start and stop times of school. That's right on the corner of West June, West Middle School, and uh, there's normally large backups of cars. It's an extremely dangerous situation that needs to be mitigated. But a bus in there would would really be challenging at at eight o'clock and at three o five. So the other problem is that Crestline is hilly and limited sight distance. Uh, from the top of the hill at Orchard down to Harvard and Westdale and on the other side to Stratford and Oxford University. So as you go up to the top of the hill on Crestline, there's a curve on the other side to the north. So very limited sight distance and people get going down the hill and then to throw a bus into that mix seems problematic. But I think if, if people did raise an objection to it that we might be able to reassure them that one bus an hour or two buses an hour might might be workable but that was one of the very first things that people say to me is uh, we can't have any more traffic problems on Crestline it's already a real problem right well um I included some prompts in the agenda itself as, as some of what I hope to hear from the group tonight. Um, and one of the first things I was uh, hoping to hear from folks is just if uh, any of you have had a chance to take the survey or look through it. And um, if you had any feedback about that experience, I think it's a, you know, we had lots of discussions and back and forth with our team of Foursquare trying to figure out the right way to deliver a lot of complex information to people. Um, you know, make sure they have the right info, um, you know, supplemented by static images, supplemented by video, it's a little more dynamic, um, 
supplemented by an ArcGIS map that people could move around themselves to turn on and off what they wanted. Um, something like a major route redesign is just by its nature complex. So I think that's um, one of my concerns is we'll see how, how people navigate it. Um, but I'd be interested to hear from this group if you've had a chance to get in there, um, been a little more involved in the process, but what your experience was like, um, anything stand out as working well, not working well, that we can maybe think about as we do our other outreach that is um, that is talking with people and is not you know, survey focused, but um, trying to identify issues that people might have. So um, maybe stop there and see if anybody has any first thoughts, feedback to getting in the survey. Adam, this is uh, Chris Tilden. Uh, as you said, it's an incredibly complex amount of information. Uh, you know, I, I found it relatively difficult, even having sat through last month's meeting to complete it myself. Um, but I'm not sure how to overcome that. I I did wonder about the possibility of providing the opportunity for folks to do the route by route analysis up front if they chose to do so it might then flow into kind of the comments about the overall you know uh, scenario one versus scenario two um, i haven't completed it i got to the route by route analysis though so i've been through a, a fair portion of it and i I wondered if having both options, like you could start with the route by route analysis and then and then address the more general, more general first. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure how many individuals will get to do the route by route. I mean, it does take a lot of time and energy to <laughs> to evaluate each of those. But um, you know, kudos on on. I mean, obviously you put an incredible amount of thought and energy with the maps linking to the video with the narrative explanation. Um, aside from reordering, I don't know that I've got a lot of definitive ideas about how to make it simpler. This is Gary Weber. I took it today, uh, completed the survey. And I have to second uh, Chris's statement. I, I found that I I walked through, I went through it in the in the way it was expected. I answered the general questions first, and then went route by route. And I found that my first impression was that I liked one scenario better than the other, and so I answered the questions in that way. But then after I'd gone through each one route by route, I realized I like components of both scenarios, and that it was much more difficult for me to say this one is better than that one because I'd seen each route and especially the interlining and how that worked together. It, um, so I, I think if you could get away with it, plunging right into the route, right route with you would be the best, best way to generate the data you're looking for. I looked at those broader questions and I was a little confused by where you were going with, with the questions. It, it asked like you were kind of asking for praise uh, with, uh, what do you like and what should we continue exploring it? It's good to ask for what people like, but I would think some people are going to want to tell you what 
goes away that they liked in the current situation or was not offered in either scenario. And, and you might want to give them a chance to be critical as well as complimentary. At least that's how it came off sounding to me. Maybe I misread it. I'm not real sure, but but um, the, um, I found it actually fun to do the route to route. I I was able to bring up the two routes, bring up the routes, both scenarios on the interactive map. One thing I noticed on the interactive map, when I brought up all the routes, they came up in all different colors. Maybe I'm confused about this, but then when I tried to compare them route for route, they all came out black. And anywhere that they overlapped each other was difficult to see where each one went. So I, I, I enjoyed using the interactive map, but when I called individual routes up, they were all black, which then they tended to blend together and you couldn't really see how they were how they were interlining and working together. Maybe, I'm not sure. Maybe you can look into that. Hmm. Yeah, those are good feedback points, I think. Um, well, a couple of reactions or thoughts are, um, yeah, about, about the criticisms, I think you're right. I think our intent, I was trying to look back uh, how we framed that. I thought we asked a question about gaps, like what 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 are notable gaps are there? I think that was our intent to try to get some of the negative to come out. Um, so hopefully through that, um, I was trying to remind myself. I think on the route by route, I think we just kept it general. Just you know, what are your thoughts? We didn't kind of probe for good or bad. We just assumed people would give us that in one one text box. Um, the interactive map, that one was tricky. I know this went through a number of iterations. Uh, and I can, I guess, I'll explain to you how it got to the place it did. <laughs> you could help decide if that was the right way or the wrong way. But um, it's true that if you look at the system maps of, of all three options, the current scenario one or scenario two, those are maps that show multicolored routes. When we were looking at um, like a given route and wanted people to be able to compare those, let's do a little bit of screen share here. Um, those were all they kept the same color scheme so that you could see the how they overlaid with each other. Um, but you're correct that if, as an example, um, turn on one of the scenario twos, that's also black. So like all the scenario two routes are black, um, but we were concerned that if we had multicolored everything, that you know in the event we someone was trying to overlay, you know, all the different things that could happen with route one, that they might end up with two colors that didn't contrast. So then they wouldn't be able to tell, um, you know, how the different scenarios of route one were. So that, it, that was one of those tricky things to try to weigh, you know, the, what ways it could potentially be laid out, but, but I hear you on how that could be, um, you know, depending on these different ways you kind of slice the eye or look at it differently, it, it might not be exactly what you're looking for. 
The other thing, and I'm happy, I think I, I would like to hear more on other folks' experiences as they've gone through this. The, the one thing I'd offer is, um, is some confidence that the survey is not the, the end all for how we get rich information of what people think of these two scenarios. I think the, the what you'll see, um, or maybe what you've already looked at in the agenda with a number of the different in-person outreach opportunities we've had, have highlighted the value of conversations um, and how much more quickly we can get people to tell us about what routes they take now, what they don't want to see go away, um, what they'd like to see change. And then we can help facilitate that conversation by showing them the routes or the maps that help people understand that. Um, so we do want to continue to press on the survey and get as many responses as we can and get good feedback through it. Um, but I guess for the group, recognize that it is one tool in a bunch of different tools that we're trying to employ um, to get good information from people over the next month. So any other, uh, other thoughts on experiences taking the survey? Um, this is Laura. I will just share that I found it very overwhelming. Um, I certainly do not think of myself as somebody that is well-versed in transit um, in general. Um, and so maybe somebody who's more familiar with, say, Lawrence geography and rides transit regularly may feel less overwhelmed. Um, and maybe that's a point for people like that to take this survey. But um, it was... Like I was so overwhelmed that I was like, I don't think I can take this. <laughs> um, so I actually didn't do the survey. But, um, you know, in thinking about whether it could be somewhat designed in a way that would be um, similar to how it might be brought to community and like community conversation and public input discussions. Um, I would think, and I could be wrong, that a lot of people might want to have the option to select the routes that they ride most often. So maybe it would look like a, um, a could look like the transit schedule with the routes, but also like a map with the links to those routes. And it could like, if you highlight it on the schedule it'd highlight where that route was or something like that. And then people could click like scenario one versus scenario two and provide feedback directly right there because they're gonna wanna comment on the ones that they ride most often or are most familiar with. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think people do wanna zero in on what they most care about. Um, I think we hoped that, and maybe it's maybe it's a matter of order, but I think we hoped that people would get to that route by route page and just give us comments on the ones that they ride the most um, so that they could see how those different scenarios would play out. Um, so it's a, maybe a matter of getting people kind of to the place they, they need to be. And some of that, like I mentioned, I think a lot of that gets we get there very fast when we are at tabling events. I was just at Just Food doing a tabling event and someone walks up to you and within two minutes, you understand which one or two routes they care about. So we talk about those maps, what it means to them, um, you know, what, what alternatives would be if there are gaps that are created. And that's a very rich data set information that is also informing us. Um, and maybe we never get a survey response from that person because it is a lot. 
Yeah, I just, I think it makes sense to, to put that in the front so it kind of mirrors what a public input discussion might be like. Because if somebody comes in and they're already overwhelmed, they might not ever get to that point at all because they don't feel like they're going to be capable or have the capacity to get to that point. This is Melissa. Um, I, I really like Laura's suggestion and I completely agree with what she's saying there. Um, I, I also felt the, the general scenario um, leading with that was really overwhelming. I felt like I needed to just really study our transit system as a whole. Um, and um, I think a lot of folks are not going to feel like they have time for that. But I, I, yeah, I would echo that. I think I mean, that's my my experience of transit is just there are a handful of routes that I, I have used and those would be the ones that, that I understand how those are going to impact me, so. This is, this is Gary Weber. From the, from the perspective of the president of a neighborhood association, it's probably just coincidence, but the timing of these surveys can be really challenging for my neighborhood members. They, like for right now, for example, right now, there are three surveys that I would like to ask them to take, all of which are relatively dense. And uh, it's pretty intimidating for someone who's a member of a neighborhood association to, to be asked to put in an hour and a half <laughs> to fill out three surveys. So if there's some way that we could talk to each other a little bit more and try to stagger these surveys so that I'm, there's one coming out and then next month there's another one and the month after that there's a, instead of having all three at one time with one dead with a very similar deadline it makes it kind of challenging this is chris what one of one other thing i would add i don't know that it's feasible it was a little hard to jump back and forth to understand where a route was interlining with another route. Did you consider adding the additional, the interlined route so you, so you could see that big picture or is that just create in your minds just too much confusion as well? Uh, we had We had a lot of discussions about how to show stuff and, and I guess to clarify you mean on the uh, like the route by route static maps having interlined routes together maybe? right right yeah you know I Perfect. some people some people are just less comfortable in the interactive maps so so may just rely on the static maps yeah yeah we, we did talk about that a little bit part of the challenge was you know different interlines occurred under the two scenarios so it's it's yet another layer of <laughs> of uh, complexity. Um, you know, those, those static maps were based on um, you know looking at the same route across different scenarios, and if those are interlined differently under the two scenarios, um, all of a sudden those maps can get more complex than they already are. So you're talking maybe five routes on a map. Um, across three scenario, across two scenarios and current. Um, so for now, the, the interactive was, was kind of the place where it lives. Um, and I think beyond that, I think it's talking with people is probably the place where we can communicate what those inner lines mean. Because even um, 
even within a couple of days of the survey coming out, we had some concerns over a scenario because it looked like someone would have to transfer. So talking through what interlining would mean for that person and that they wouldn't have to leave the bus as they as they transition from one route to another um, is something that I don't know. It's even possible for us to concisely, simply get that across in a survey. Uh, that, that information almost has to be translated some other way, um, usually in person or kind of in a conversation over the phone would be more effective. Adam, would it be helpful maybe to have sort of bookend public meetings where we have sort of the first set or the first, you know, one or two meetings and, you know, hopefully a lot of people show up, hopefully they get to hear and discuss all the scenarios and route by route. And then we encourage them to take the survey, but maybe a week or two later, we offer them something like office hours or I don't even know how to describe it, but like a, a follow-up public meeting where we can say, okay, we know that some of you dove into the survey over the past week. Um, it may have raised more questions than, than answers. So, you know, we're, we're here to, to try to help it again and kind of have a bookend of, of public, public meetings. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's always, I guess I'm always concerned when, I don't know that we'll ever get the, all the audiences we need to talk with us to, to come to the couple of like virtual meetings we have where everything's explained. I think kind of as um, Laura mentioned, let's mention how people care about their, their routes. And I think we were seeing it as, um, you know, the survey is out there and we hope people have checked it out. We're sure that there's probably a lot of people who aren't <laughs> ready or don't feel like they'll maybe ever be ready to get into it. So we hope that over this month, um, you know, all the different open houses and tabling and virtual opportunities are, are places where we're touching base with people and hopefully where they already are. Um, you know, a lot of our tablings are at events or places where people are going to be um, without us having to beg them to come and talk transit with us. Um, so I think, I guess that's how I would Think about my answer to your point is I think um, I don't I'm not sure the confidence level I have on getting everybody to join us for the first public meeting look at the survey follow a public meeting all that time invested to get us the right survey response I think it's people are going to approach us in a lot of different ways over the next month and mm -hmm. we're going to approach them in a lot of different ways to like proactively try to have the right conversations with people mm -hmm. I think the survey serves a tool for some people in our community, but not everybody. And we'll have to talk with the others to get to extract to extract the appropriate you know, route level feedback that we that we need. So one other idea: what about like a uh, an inform informa informational? line or email like I'd be willing to put you know my email out there and if somebody has a question they just can't figure it out they could send me an email and I can you know respond as soon as possible with with a deeper explanation of what the scenarios are doing 
if that would be helpful. Yeah, so the um, the ways, you know, um, beyond just the events, and I guess the, uh, that link is in the agenda, but the confirmed events we have and then the others that we're looking at, we have already, you know, people are using our um, info at Lawrence Transit email to tell us, uh, I don't understand this, or I have tried to understand microtransit and don't get it, help me understand it. Um, with those have already started coming through to a certain degree. So people, I think, are reaching out in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so happy to pass some of that along to you all. Um, and we can certainly, like in a communication effort, be reminding people, you know, if you've checked out the survey and don't feel like you quite have what you need, um, here's some other ways to interact with us. Can, can make kind of continued efforts to do it that way if, if that sounds useful to the to the group. This is Melissa. Um, if this is already being done and I've missed it, I apologize. But I'm wondering if the route by route um, questions, the scenarios could be presented um, to the folks who are writing those routes. Like if you made the um, comparisons available, like just a print for like route one, people who are writing route one that's available on route one buses um, so that they could see what's being proposed for specific routes um, without, you know, and then maybe a link to the survey as a whole. Um, would that, I don't know, would that maybe be a way to um, raise awareness of the proposals from the people who are writing the, those routes and um, just get input? specifically from those writers. It's an interesting thought, yeah. Um, of course, my gut reaction is the time and effort it would take to put that package together for each route. Doesn't mean we shouldn't do it or that we can't do it. Um, that's just like the first reaction I would have. I know we're, we're aiming to table at the, um, at the bus platform itself, you know, catching people as they're waiting for the bus, transferring between buses, and you know, hopefully have the, the route level discussions at that point. Um, I'm intrigued by the idea that you bring up because of its bite-sized nature. You know, maybe people can get at the information that matters to them in a, a more digestible way that lets them ignore the stuff they maybe care less about. So I'm intrigued by that to think more about how that could maybe happen. I have a, a- suggestion so this is freddie gibb from ptac um could you think about like doing like a direct sampling like having maybe staff transit staff like on the bus talking to people on the bus at the time or is that gonna be is that would that be too much sample about 30 or 40 people that could be a good good estimate yeah certainly that's a good idea freddie it's certainly something we've done before um and we're, we're probably at the point where we'll need to evaluate uh, the, the right and the best way to utilize staff time, I think. Um, and we can, I can bring this up if that's helpful, but the, the community events we have on the books are uh, extensive um, and we're, we're stretched thin. So we'll, um, I think something like that is probably a good idea though. It'd be a matter of, you know, which places might we 
decide maybe instead of tabling here for two hours, maybe we spend that time kind of in a focused effort on bus riders. I think that's an adjustment we can make. Yeah, because I feel like that's the more, I mean, just appropriate route in regards to trying to getting people to do your surveys if you're going, taking the survey directly to them, even if they're just waiting to. Yes. And you, you know, you bringing that up makes me think of, you know, we're still, we're still working to um, schedule some rapidly design focused outreach on um, Haskell's campus. And, you know, I think we imagine that as, you know, kind of having a, we expect to have discussions about what routes will come to and from Haskell and then kind of have a focused discussion about how it affects um, a certain area, a certain group of, of writers. So, thinking about doing that. Yeah. Uh, and to follow on your email that you sent earlier, um, the confirmation is that November 17th, around 630. Okay. At Sacred Perfect. ground. Perfect. Thank you for helping with that. Right. Um, I'm trying to phrase this question. So we've uh, we've had some discussion about how to think about making the survey a more approachable tool, um, about how to reach people in a little different ways that maybe get more quickly to the conversations we want to be having with people. Um, are there any, uh, you know, you all on this call represent a lot of different user groups. Um, have you had thoughts as you've seen the information about, um, you know, boy, a better way to convey this or to talk with people about it would be this other strategy, this other method that we're not doing? Right now, we've talked about survey, tabling, uh, have an open house at the library, of course, virtual meetings. Um, any thoughts on other strategies to have the right conversations with people? It might be something you give some thought. Um, it might be tough to think of in the moment, but um, you know, I think we're in period where we want to be creative and how we're talking with people about um, really every project that we do, but this one in particular is has enough complexity that we'll have to keep trying different avenues to have get the right info out of folks. So be thinking I, about that. Yeah, yeah. this is this August first. I just and you probably have mentioned this or I didn't see it in the agenda. Will writers see these proposed scenarios one and two just on the bus without taking the survey or is there any way for me as a, as a bus as a route one writer or a route five writer will i know my route is proposed for a change without taking the survey just based on literature or postings on the bus or i mean obviously i know there's online campaigns but as a writer will, what is it, how would i know my route's changing yeah that's a good question so right now we have um we have in the writer alert panel, so the panel that's up right behind the driver is where we put our 
kind of PSA information for passengers. So if there's reroutes or a survey online, that's where that information would be. So we have information there that you know tells people route redesign is happening. Um, you know, there's info on the website and at the survey. Uh, we have not, you know, the idea came up to have more tailored information by route on those buses. Um, I'll have to think a little more about that. I, I like the targeted nature of that. Operationally, it, it's not easy. You know, we send out different buses on different routes every day. Um, so we'll just we'll have to think more about how we get um, any, anything beyond just kind of a link to the website or a link to the survey. It may need to be something similar to what Freddie suggested, where it's a it's a person who's you know it, it'll be a sampling effort. We won't catch everybody, but we might um, have to interact kind of directly with people about you know we need you to understand things are changing, are likely to change in some way um, next year, and we need your thoughts on, on what that means for Route One, for example. Okay. Um, I'm going to pivot to one of the other bullet points on this line and just bring up um, the confirmed events that we're looking at that we already have scheduled and then some others that are uh, either yet to be scheduled or are with a specific kind of user group that's not wide open to the public. and. Folks have access to those. I can bring them up. Also, we are, you know, like I said, trying to get staff everywhere we can. If there is, um, if you do have any capacity to join us at any of these, that helps us have more conversations with people, deeper conversations, and um, can be a really helpful, helpful thing in your role. I know you all have committed quite a bit of time um, just being with us virtually so frequently, but. Any help at any of these tabling events would be would be welcomed by us. Um, certainly helps us talk with with more folks because it's pretty common just in the um, handful of tables we've been at already. You can get pretty easily in a 10, 15 minute conversation with someone um, and not be able to devote attention to others who who could use a conversation. So um, if anybody has any quick thoughts on ones that stood out to you that you might be interested in in joining up at. You can please let me know um, uh, either now or, or after the meeting, but we'll be doing several events each week over the next three weeks, um, all leading up to the November 19th um, end date for the survey. Adam, um, how are you recording feedback at the tabling events? It's a good question. So we've got, um, we have comment cards that have a few prompts on them. So we, we gather information about if people do currently ride, what routes or services do they already use with us? Um, if, uh, if we're able to talk through them, the different scenarios and kind of what they mean, there is a question about preference of scenario one or scenario two based on that conversation. And then uh, there's an open, an open box for them to say any, really anything they want to say. 
Um, in a lot of these conversations, sometimes people will, will want to um, just think about it and write themselves. In a lot of other cases, we're just talking with them and, and writing notes as they talk with us um, so, that, so that that feedback can be recorded. Mm -hmm. Adam, can we... <clears throat> Sorry, Adam, can we find that list of tabling events somewhere? Yes. So I will put in chat the uh, agenda. And then, and then my second question is, do you have um, like uh, maybe a, a quick how-to list? For example, I think that the Health Equity um, Working Group of Food Policy Council might be interested in, in helping but would they know what to do if they arrived? Like, what are your, what, what are the takeaways you need to get? What are the materials they'll have? And are there any quick talking points? Like, is there a, a quick how-to? It's all good questions. So uh, worth noting that we are not asking anyone to table alone. So you'll always have a staff person with you. Perfect. Um, so they can help kind of provide that guidance um, when you're having those discussions. Or if you get a question you're not sure of, there would be a resource there to as a backup. Um, so we would have all the printed materials and everything that, that we would need. Um, so anyone who would help out, we would just ask that they meet us at that location. Okay, great. Thanks. And I think as far as preparation goes, you know, we're certainly willing to have a discussion with somebody if they'd like to feel a little more confident um, before they're showing up on site. Mm -hmm. We're happy to talk through kind of how our conversations have gone so far. Um, I think we're learning, you know, each time the right questions to be asking what uh, what gets us to the right place as we're talking with people um, so we can share some of those lessons learned. That sounds great. And so if we, um, you know, if, if myself or a working group member wanted to sign up, they would just contact you? I think that's the right way to start. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. The other thing that reminds me of that I want to highlight is... Um, our list is ever evolving. So if there's a certain constituent um, group of people that you think we should talk to and they have a group or an event, um, some, some way where we can go to people, kind of like I mentioned where they're at, um, we're, we're happy to evaluate if we can do that. Um, trying to have not only a lot of conversations, but conversations with the right people. If we're missing folks or there's other groups that are useful for us to be talking to, we're open to being connected and trying to make that work. Hey, Adam, this is Quiz. Um, real quick, just in general, how long does the survey take to fill out approximately? Uh, I'm going to let a couple of folks who took it answer that. Gary, Chris, um, any feedback on how long it took you? Yes, I, I did the whole survey. I commented on all the route changes. I watched about five or six videos were all 30 seconds to two minutes long. I looked at the interactive map. I think I spent about 45 minutes with it. Okay. I was just uh, something that I was thinking about off of Freddie's suggestion about going to where the folks are at actually on the route. Maybe there's a way we could get some iPhones or handhelds from KUIAT, um, have them download a QR code, 
and go to those folks. And as the suggestion was, kind of switch the survey around where they could see the the, the actual route they're riding and maybe start with that. Um, but obviously, if it's 45 minutes long, we wouldn't be able to, you know, get folks to do it while they're on their bus trip, probably. But that's a suggestion. If you think we could incorporate that somehow, I could check with IT to see if we can get some of the hardware that may be able to help us with uh, surveys. I think those are questions worth asking. Um, I mean, I think any... The success of onboard surveys are the facilitation of, you know, the person helping. So, like as a, as a staff person or whoever is doing that outreach, um, you know, I think we can quickly use an iPhone or a tablet to get to if someone really cares about, you know, Route 42 on campus. Um, you know, we can quickly get to that part of the survey and make sure we're recording the info that's that's helpful to that person. Um, you know, trying to cut out the um, the frustration or the challenge with the technology, you know, let us quickly get people to where they need to be and then, um, you know, type in what, what they're telling us. Yep, gotcha. And that, this is Gary, that 45 minutes was all of the routes plus the general questions. So if you just addressed one route, you could do that relatively quickly. Yeah, and I think we're being realistic, right? With the we're, we want to have the conversations that are uh, helpful for the people who are talking with us. So when we're at these tabling events, you know, we're not we're not able to capture everything, right? We're not um, talking about all of those scenarios and all of the routes. We we jump to what the person cares about um, and what they think, how they feel like it's going to impact them. Um, so I do think we can have very valuable three minute conversations with people. <laughs> and I think we can have very valuable 25 minute conversations with people. Um, it just kind of depends on how they use transit and what makes the most, what, what they're most worried about, what they're most excited about. Talk with somebody today for 20 minutes about the different ways microtransit might work and how, you know, kind of how that integrates with what we'd be doing from the fixture outside. Um, and also had, yeah, like a two or three minute conversation about a specific route and the person felt like they got what they needed from that. So I think we'll see a spectrum in, in this work over the next month. This is Laura. I was just wondering if it would be, um, a good idea to, to connect with any health facilities to table there. Um, I don't know that we have health necessarily represented in any of the tabling or if I missed that or not. I know that that could be um, harder because there's appointments related to that and that sort of thing, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Do you have any first blush ideas on what that means? Like is it us in the lobby of somewhere or I'm trying to think of yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, you know, like with um, public health, we have like WIC plus the clinic, there's Heartland, there's LMH and the various clinics as well. Um, so I don't know exactly what the, the best place might be, because like I said, there are like appointment times and that sort of thing. And so that makes it a little bit more challenging, but I wanted to throw it out to the group to see if there could be some value in engaging with people who might use transit for health appointments.
I do want to call out to you. I saw, um, yeah, Freddie made a suggestion or a, a thought of just to be mindful of people. Um, you know, when we're engaging people with technology, we may not be able to see or use devices. And I think that's a good point. And that's where, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of value of talking with, with people is being able to jot stuff down on paper and not have them to rely on. Um, the technology is good to have, but we don't always use it depending on skill set or needs of people we're talking to. Okay. That's the content we had for tonight, just a, a gut check on kind of how this early engagement is going. And I think um, got a lot of good thoughts from the group on how to do a little bit of course correction or, um, you know, supplement kind of what we're doing to, to reach people better. Um, I do want to pause again if there's any other insights, either related to the survey or, or outreach strategies that we should be thinking about in these next few weeks, the most impactful that we can. I'm in a public participation workshop right now um, that says I should wait seven seconds. People who are introverts will chime in after seven seconds of silence. So making sure that happens. Um, well, please do uh, reach out if you have, um, if you'd like to join us at a tabling event. I do think uh, it is, it provides a lot more insight to have a discussion with, with people. Um, so I think it's a valuable, valuable thing and we welcome your, your perspective and expertise at those, those events if you're able. Um, if you have other group ideas or certain events that are coming up that would be a smart thing for us to tap into, to reach people who would be impacted by this, please let us know. Um, and that is the content we have for tonight. Um, Boris or Rebecca, did you have anything else you'd like to touch on? No, I just want to um, say that we're we're here as a resource for for Adam for your staff and if or um, anybody else in this call. So if you know if we can help in any way to clarify any other recommendations or um, scenarios, then please reach out. Okay. Well, thank you everyone. Our um, next meeting is November 23rd. So that'll be shortly after the survey is closed and after a lot of this engagement. So um, hopeful that we have some good data and, and stories that we've heard from people at that time, but a little shorter of a meeting tonight. So. Uh, please let us know anything else we can do, and we will see you in a month. Thanks.